Jeez, is this a little melodramatic or what? The final and last Husky Half Brain podcast. December 6th, 2007. Thanks for listening. Funeral home, we very hard programs at a discount. How can I help you? Are you prepared to go early? <laughs> that was my opening, man. <laughs> <laughs> my, my opening is, don't cry for me, Argentina. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Emmert, funeral home. Stick. We bury him. A fork hey, in us. We've made some mistakes. There was that live guy we cremated, but stick with us. <laughs> you know, there's been some turbulent waters. It's going to get better. Well, we are doing this after the infamous Mark Emmert call to KJR. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it. Um, Fortunately, I dog. I only heard the last three minutes, and frankly, I almost lost my windshield at that. So it's probably a good thing I didn't hear all of it. <laughs> Um, I thought he was channeling Todd Turner, uh, bashing the fans and mocking all the people that took all that time. Now I know why I didn't bother to respond to my letter, not an email. Uh, you guys just laughing at people that, that told them they were giving up tickets and how much they were hurt about the program. <laughs> it's just like, hey, way to go, Mark, you fucking fraud. <laughs> <laughs> okay, We're all, uh, we had the first f bomb going one twenty four into the <laughs> into the podcast. I just want to let our listeners know that if you're uh, you know under eighteen, maybe maybe not. This isn't the 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 episode to catch up <laughs> on us. Uh, this is not the podcast for the kids to gather around the radio and listen to. I guess they wouldn't gather around the radio anyway. Um, no, I, it was just it clearly. Either Mark Emmert was never who we thought he was, or somebody took the knife and castrated him over the last few days, because uh, it's pretty clear who won. The big winner is Todd Turner, and, and by extension, um, you know, Ty won with him, because now the company line, we're hearing it from Todd, we're hearing it from Emmert, and we're seeing it all over the Dogman message boards, is, hey, support the team. If you're a real fan... You're not going to worry about all that losing. You're not going to be mad that we kept the loser as the coach. You're going to pay your money. You're going to write your check. You're going to shut up. And you're going to cheer for Jake. Eh. It's and, a, and you know what? It's, it's somebody wants to do that, more power to them. You know, I'm not here to tell anybody what to do. Okay? No, we would never, ever do that. And and that and, and that's uh, our contention all along. We're not hair on fire people. We, we're, we're not the type of people to yell at a clerk or a, a waiter. We're just the type to quietly never visit that restaurant or establishment again. Those are the ones that that are that are the, are the ones that are devastating to business. Is the quiet ones, and and I think there is a little bit of panic there because you hear out of both Turner and Emmert, uh, you know, let's just close ranks. It's all within the family. Blah blah blah. But they're really afraid. Come February, whether or not. 
the same amount of season tickets will have come in. My contention has always been, you know, that if it's 43, 42,000 season tickets and they don't lose any uh, this this time around, then, then they clearly won on their calculation. I would have always thought that had they brought in more, that that, that number would have gone up significantly. So our, the only way we can ever determine... Now, I just want to preface this by saying... I know when I've gotten my ass kicked. I'm not here trying to claim victory that we we changed the debate. No, our movement is dead. It got killed. They, no, we we, we miserably. We, we're the Tyrone Willingham of of, of advocates. Exactly. <laughs> got as as our favorite Georgia announcer would say, we just stepped on. They just stepped on our face with a hobnail boot. And broke our nose. They just crushed our face. So I just want everyone to know that we're not, we're we're not living in this little bubble of of uh, that doesn't that isn't grounded in reality. Uh, my daddy taught me uh, when to know when I got my ass kicked. <laughs> yeah, let, let me say something to the, our fellow revolutionaries up there in the mountains who, who feel like we've abandoned them. Uh, well, we have. <laughs> The CIA told us not to send the air support. Sorry. Uh, see you in Guantanamo. Um, look, we lost. It, it, it's that simple. Uh, Ty isn't going anywhere. Todd Turner isn't going anywhere. Mark Emmert isn't going anywhere. And, and I'm going to tell you this. Um, as a personal statement, the only reason that I can follow through and, and send my TIE application and my ticket application in little pieces in an envelope to Mark Emmert's office as a final feudal gesture is because I've been fighting this every year since 1993. When I saw Babs at that press conference putting the knife in Don James' back, I knew right then intuitively that Husky football was dead. That, that there was a, a revolution of its own at the campus. And, and when Mike Lude and Don James were taken out of body bags, championship football at the University of Washington was gone. However, they were, they, they did know then, it, just like Emmert and Turner are gambling now, that college football is an addiction more powerful than heroin or nicotine combined. And, and I'm telling you, honestly, it took this many years. It took, the six Lambo years, which, you know, in retrospect looked great, but weren't at the time. It took, you know, a Rose Bowl win, which was like, hey, we're back. And then the, the, the quick fall of New Heisel, the firing in June, that was another, like, you know, should have stopped then. Uh, the hiring of Gilby should have stopped then. The hiring of Ty should have stopped then. Um, the first year of Ty, the second year of Ty, when I wrote the check in March of this year, or February, whenever it is, for both Tai and my tickets, I said, this is the last time because I can't look in the mirror if I write another one of these, if they don't do something to show me this program is serious about winning football games. And we said that, that from the first podcast, from everything we've written, we said, this is the test, this is the clarification, the 15-year battle, this will prove once and for all, one way or the other, and it proved that there is no desire for winning football. Winning football is distasteful. There's disdain for it. They just want a nice little program with nice little guys and a nice little coach. And you know what? That's fine. And I understand anyone 
that hasn't battled this out to the point where they can give up. I understand they they want to keep going. They want to keep supporting them. You know, it's a free country. Go for it. Do whatever your heart tells you to do. I'm just going to tell you that until they do have the money taken out from under them, they won't change. Right, and, and I, that, I, that is a fact. Yeah, and, 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 and us pleading for people not to re-up isn't going to do anything. What's going to happen is, it, you know, the, the and we have a lot, we have a huge listener base, but in, in the grand scheme of 32,000 season, or 42,000 season ticket holders, uh, it's it's puny. Uh, so us, you know, saying, you know, with our torches and pitchforks, don't, you know, turn in your, your season tickets, uh, that's going to have a minuscule effect. What's going to ha- what? What I want to know because this is going to be the last um, podcast that we do. I'll keep uh, you know Husky Half Brains at Comcast.net open uh, for any correspondence later in the future. But I, I'd like to know when Condota does uh, his annual uh, uh, research into season ticket holders, where we're at next year uh, in the fall, and that that will either validate. Uh, the movement or not, because uh, our, you know, we we set forth a whole bunch of different agendas. What you know, even from an X's and O's standpoint, he he failed. From a recruiting standpoint, we felt he failed. From a player development, he he failed. But but what I thought would would really gain traction within the mind of Emmert was the financial aspect of it, and clearly, clearly. Uh, that did not enter into anything uh, that he considered. Uh, the loss of fourteen thousand people already uh, means uh, nothing to him. And and I want to touch on another thing is that you know these 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 big time football boosters they very well may be you know the information we heard was I believe was correct, but they may be dwarfed in in uh, comparison to the overall academic boosters. And yeah, but don't don't you think that Emmert told a lie today when he said that nobody called him? What, what do you mean? Think that was a flat out lie. What, what do you mean nobody called? Uh, oh, about uh, with with the big boosters? Yeah, the uh, boosters didn't call him. That they they don't pressure him. They didn't have anything to say. They support Ty. That's frankly, you know, you call him a liar a hundred years ago, you'd, you'd be thrown down. But I mean, frankly, that's a lie, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. I, you got to you got to understand the context of these boosters. I mean, we don't live in Nebraska or or Lincoln or fo- college football. In the grand scheme of things, is is minuscule. Um, and these boosters, who I'm sure some of them are, are are probably more proponents of the academic side than the athletic side, but they give both. Uh, I I'm not so sure that what he said wasn't the truth and I have and this is what I want to get to is that these conspiracy theorists that believe that it was the NAACP or or the legislator that came down I I he had ample opportunity to maybe step around certain issues but he took them head on he he left no ambiguity in my mind that he definitely was the decision maker and that there wasn't um, this huge pressure from any outside people that to, to keep Tyrone Willingham. What happened was, I think, exactly what happened right before us. You know, we talk about Occam's razor. I mean, the, the simplest ep- explanation is more often than not the, the right explanation, is that he believes it. He believes, along with Turner, in this direction of the program. I'm not, I'm not you know, we can differ here. I, I don't believe 
that these boosters, they may have expressed that they wanted him fired, but I don't think they ever gave him the type of ultimatum that he would have seen in the SEC when he's with LSU, where they, where he went on to say early in that interview that, yes, there was, you know, there were strong opinions, but nobody was telling him how to do his job. And I believe there's just yeah. a, a level of, there, with the Seattleite, uh, I just don't, you know. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to believe him for what he is because that's how I'll, that's the only way I can make sense of this decision. It just didn't make sense from a from a rational standpoint. What do you think? Well, I, well, I'm not sure. I mean, unless Bill Sweeney isn't considered a big booster. I mean, Bill Bill went public with what he had, you know, with the pressure, quote unquote, he applied. I mean, you know, it's not pressure of do this. Well, actually, it was kind of like if you keep him up, here's what you're gonna lose. I doubt that he acted alone. Um, as for the conspiracy theories, I've got one one source saying that I wouldn't believe what went on behind the scenes that Moore was in and then he was out. But then Emmert acted like he doesn't even know who Jim Moore is. Um, I, I'm inclined not to believe President Emmert's statements today because that's where I'm at right now. Um, but I don't have any proof to dispute him, and, and I have to be clear with that. I don't think the NAACP, per se, I, I think a, a gathering storm, I, I think what we found here was that the master bureaucrat, Todd Turner, and look, we've belittled the guy, we've made fun of him, we've insulted him. You better give the devil his due. The, the master bureaucrat pulled together all the disparate forces that were in favor of Ty. And he presented to Emmert a united front of regents, legislators, and and former players, and and this, that, and the other thing, and, and said, you know, and made a case that Emmert bought. I don't think Emmert is the great football fan that legend has made him um, off one statement, basically, when he was hired, saying, you know, I understand how important football is. And then everyone's, well, look at what he did at LSU. I've said all along that at LSU they wanted football and Emmer gave it to him. He's a politician. He's a political animal. He's not stupid. At UW, they don't want football and he's not going to, so he did what they wanted up here. I don't think he's a savior. I don't think he's a superman. I don't think he's even a bad man. I think he's a political animal. I think he's a university president and I think he looked, put his finger in the air and he decided, you know, what am I going to lose over here if I do this? And to him, football wasn't important enough to go to risk his neck or risk an academic donation or risk some negative publicity. The gamble that we're talking about is that if we just stay the course, we won't lose much. And who knows? Maybe Ty will get lucky. You know, my concern going forward is at long term as a fan is it's Still to this point, neither Turner or Emmert are really saying, you know, sure we need more wins, but they're not going to put a number on it. They're not going to put an expectation out there. I get the impression that, uh, you know, six and six, five and seven, there's not going to be a problem. Ty's going to get that fifth year. And, and, and that's kind of why that's my reason for calling off the revolution. That's, that's why I, I'm not going to argue with Dogman anymore. I mean, we've done it for three years. We've made all the arguments. The facts are all there. People don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. I, I'm, I'm not willing to devote another year of my life, you know, making arguments on a message board for a, for a website that doesn't have the balls to stand up and give their own opinion. If they suffer and they lose readership and they lose membership because nobody wants to talk about boring Ty Willingham football and there's no more argument about whether they should be fired or not, they can look in the mirror. I mean, you know, we've pumped them, we've pimped them, we like them, we love them, 
we've said everything about them, but you know what? They've got to answer for, for their own shortcomings. Yeah, they've, okay. they've, yeah, they've been there in two real kind of watershed moments um, with um, the athletic department over the last 10 years, and they stood on the sidelines both times. Uh, other than the hit piece that Rico wrote about Neuheisel before we knew about the memo, which was never retracted, but that's um, that's here nor there. I, I've always maintained they, it's their business. Um, they can they can run it however they want. I I um, I hoped um, that they would editorialize a little bit more and maybe communicate. I think they had a lot more power in this process than uh, than they gave themselves credit for. But um, the fact is, it, not only them, they stood on the sidelines, but um, it, it was just, uh, other than Steve Kelly, I don't know anybody who came out for a firing. The, even those people who you know in their heart of hearts, like Softy and Millen, they all wussed out in the end. They all stopped short. I can almost understand Millen because of his friendship with Mora. But step by step, they all wussed out. Uh, you know, Jerry at, at the Seattle Times, he was the first one to kind of uh, raise uh, eyebrows and say, you know, he needs to be held in, into account. And then he, he totally caves. Uh, you got Molly caving. Yeah, that was such poor reasoning, too. But that's... that's yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, but the, 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 the overall, uh, we, you can't do it on your own. I mean, I think you know, our job wasn't to get Tyrone Willingham fired. Our job was to get people to pay attention from the media standpoint, and they simply didn't. And they didn't buy the Millen argument. They didn't buy all the other types of rationales that that we put forward. That you and, and now we're convinced. That, and, and I guess it, at least we know, uh, in terms of closure, uh, this is our Oprah moment. Um, where they actually, where football stands in the hierarchy there. Um, so I, I, I don't want to believe in these conspiracy theories. I don't want to believe that the NAACP was involved or the legislature or, or that there was a bunch of backhanded deals because that would give me almost some hope. I would prefer the way it is because, right, you know, the last 15 years we've always had hope that, that it, wasn't what, it wasn't how we thought it was. But um, so people can go ahead and you know and belittle us for quitting and what have you. I don't, if you think that what Don James did was cowardly, then I'll be I'll be totally um, comfortable in in their assessment that you know I quit. But um, I I think there comes a point when when it becomes so untenable uh, that that team represents nothing of the team that I knew growing up. Uh, it, it's not the same Huskies, and I'm just uh, I'm I'm just uh, gotta cut while, while I can. You know what I'm saying? Well, I, I do know what you're saying because now the mantra, you know, Dogman's saying it in an editorial, and, and Softy's on the radio calling out Fleener for quitting, and you know, draw together, come together. Well, let's go ahead and support the kids. It's like, come on, the University of Washington quit on us. All right, and for some fat slob that gets paid to go run his mouth after the football games to call out a guy who's given more to that university than Sabki could ever dream of is just pathetic. And you know what? I'm not going to waste my time or my energy or my anger on people like this any longer. I got the message, okay? Todd Turner and Mark Emmert said to me, screw you, 
Okay, I got the message. The finger, the finger was clearly extended. <laughs> exactly, I saw it with my own eyes. I'm sitting here right now. If you're wondering what to do with your life, Husky fan, I'm watching Natalie Goldis play golf, and it's not bad. <laughs> that girl's got a nice swing, if you know what I mean. I mean, there's other things to do. You can watch the Huskies on TV. You can be a fan. I'm not going to root against them. Hey, you know, when I turn on the TV next fall to watch the Huskies, I'm rooting for them to win. I'm just not giving them any more money. I'm not going to enable these guys, these losers, these vicious, petty little men who have destroyed the football program. I'm not going to give them any more of my money. And as an American, that's certainly my right. And if you want to call me names and say I'm not a real fan or I'm not this or I'm not that, you know what? I don't care. I've been called worse by better people. Yeah. Trust me. When the menu, when the menu changes, uh, do you blame the customer for not visiting the restaurant again? I mean, I mean, how, how stupid is that? You know, Jerry, you're a bad man. I changed my menu. Now no one comes. You're a bad man, Jerry. <laughs> so, I mean, I just, I think that a protest with, with, withholding money, I, I agree. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I may take the extra step and not become a fan. I, I, I may, yeah, I know you're going to root for him, but I, I've take not, not because I, not for any protest with Dogman, because I don't want to send any signal. I just, I, I, um, did not re-up my dog, my Dogtails subscription only because I just don't want to follow him anymore. Why would I? It's, um, oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah. It's, right. I, I can't stand to hear a Willingham quote. I can't stand to read an article about the Huskies. I mean, my wife and I are, are, legitimately seriously moving to san diego within the next three to six months and, and next fall i'm gonna be out at my pool having fun and i might take in a trojan game or a bruin game especially if they hire mora then i'm definitely buying bruin season tickets i mean i, I want to be around programs that care that win that are excited and, and I, i'm i was born a husky i'm 51 years old my first mem- one of my first memories in life was talking to my folks when they were at the Washington Minnesota Rose Bowl in 1961. Uh, the national champions, as we found out this year. I mean, so being a Husky is in my blood, and and that's not going to change. But I, I don't buy all this that all the loyalty has to come from me. I think loyalty is a two way street, and I think you know the disloyalty has come from the University of Washington in regards to the football fans. And here's why I say that. We were sitting, my mother and I, after my parents got divorced, we were we were on the south side about the 50-yard line, had really good seats, and they were like six bucks a game. And Mike Lude was hired, and he came in, and, and he decided to go to expand the tie to make it a seat license. And, and we got moved a long way from the action because she couldn't afford to pay what my dad did um, to get those seats. And as we worked our way around the stadium and as I grew up and got a job and started making money and started paying purple tie and we combined my purple tie with her points, we got really great seats back again. But what Mike Luke promised when he instituted that pricing structure was that he was going to bring championship football and he delivered along with Don James. It was a great team and the Huskies were in the top three every year. They were going to the Rose Bowl six times. They went to an Orange Bowl. It, it was a mutually beneficial contract. We paid a lot more money to go watch the Huskies, but the Huskies delivered a superior product. Okay, they run out Lude, and they bring in Hedges, and then they run out James, and we start hearing all this talk about, well, you know, all that winning, the program's out of control. We heard a lot of the same stuff Turner's babbling about back when Hedges came in, 
And, and my thought at the time was the same thought that I have now. You know, I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem if the University of Washington makes a decision to de-emphasize football, but you guys seem to have forgot something. You didn't lower the prices. You didn't get rid of the seat license. And, and Turner came in and raised the prices. And, and Babs put a, a campaign for the student-athlete surcharge on both the ticket and the tie thing. So here's these people that are claiming they have some moral high ground and this great integrity because they're not going to soil themselves by doing all the nasty things that winning brings, and yet they have kept the financial side of the contract that Lute started when he promised winning. To me, they have broken an implied contract, and when they break that implied contract, when they're no longer willing to deliver their side to winning football, and yet they still want me to pay the money, I'm under no obligation to pay that money. Okay, that's why I say they quit on me. I didn't quit on them. If they were still trying to put a product out there, I'd still be paying for it. Is that is that unreasonable? Absolutely not. I mean, that's that's exactly what uh, you know. A discerning fan uh, should. Those are the types of of um, you know, kind of mental uh, calculations that you go through as as a fan. And I, I think it's kind of akin to politicians who always are using you know children to to uh, kind of buttress their points it's shameless it's and it's shameful to actually to to, to, uh, to abuse you know uh the huskies uh, a husky fans loyalty and and call us out um in order to uh you know kind of buttress their regime or their direction for the programs you know, listen. We the, the letters have been written. I, I looked at a post recently on on Dogman about now. Now people are going to the regions, and I'm just going. You know, we failed. That that that's beyond. Uh, we don't need to do that anymore. That that effort it, has okay. failed. The only the only thing that that one can hope for, and I hate to hope for it, but. Is, is is another precipitous slide in season tickets, and that's why I, I you know my only interaction with the with the football team or program going forward is just to know what that number is because if it's below forty thousand, um, I think our vision of of Husky football had been has been validated, but um, like you said before, there's a very real possibility that all these people that were a bunch of hot air. And uh, you know, claiming that they leave their season tickets when it gets down to it, they're going to write the check. And whether they they've been played or not, uh, it determines on. It really, I think, determines the direction of the football program. Um, whether it will change course, everyone knows the direction of the football program now. Can it ever change course? The only way you can do it is starve the beast. And it's not going to. It's people say, well, that would hurt the football program. No, it wouldn't. It it would oh. it would hurt the golf team. It would hurt the track program. It would hurt the tennis program. Um, once we start getting into those types of discussions, and those guys who are really more of the pure student athlete, who really are going there for uh, an education, as opposed to big D1 football, I mean, to, to just dismiss the type of player who comes to the school because he wants to be the NFL in, indicates that you're never going to ever recruit those type of players. I mean, there's a whole lot of players on the on the USC roster. Now, I'm not saying this is good or bad, but this is reality, that go there so they can play in the NFL. I'm sorry. To reject that reasoning is to, is to reject the kind of reasoning that happened, 
in, in, in the NCAA hoops 20 years ago. You're not living in reality. Because everyone, every every hoops player signs because they want to be in the NBA, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. I'm at the point now that rather than this phony game that UW is playing of collecting big money for football while bemoaning the distasteful things that have to be done to win, don't you know? Giving the lily, I say. Well, I suppose if I have to, I could try to win, but I really don't want to. Well. <laughs> Demanding that you send money into them, or you're not a real fan. I'm. I'm going to go with Art Teal. Get rid of the whole thing. Get rid of college sports. You know, get rid of the hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, you know, what we haven't. Are, yeah. What we haven't said is, is, is if, is their vision is wrong? Because first of all, the University of Washington has made real steps from an academic standpoint to become one of the top tier public universities out there. Now, uh, it it still tugs at my heart that. That the, the public institutions that are there are several public institutions that seem to do well with big time football and top flight academics, namely California, Texas, Michigan, UCLA. All those guys have far superior programs than us. But if 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 our job is to surpass them, then I you know all more power to them. If they're putting if they're going to make this simply uh, an academic pursuit. And they want to surpass Cal and Michigan and Texas uh, from an academic standpoint. Then I, I, I think you know you can validate their kind of philosophy. But if they, but we're not there yet. We're we're, we're asking for we're 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 behaving like we're Yale, um, but we're still participating in big time D one football. There's people like us, and then they didn't have the technology of doing podcasts. But 50 years ago, who were going through the same things that we were going through, and they were they were probably Yale alumnus, where they you know they were sad that Yale had done the calculated effort to remove themselves from big time football after winning all those national championships early in the century. So, uh, you know, our cry has not you know I know those guys. It just must have hurt, uh, just like it hurts now. But it was a decision by Yale to de-emphasize those things. And it and to say that that was a failure on Yale's part is not right. They they are a, a, a very uh, fine uh, university. So I, I mean I just want to there is room for their vision, but just don't tell us that you want championship football when you really don't. That's all. And 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 no matter how much you reiterate those words, uh, it, they they're going to fall on deaf ears because the actions now have proven otherwise every step along the way you have selected to go in the direction opposite of big time football and uh and so whether they live with the consequences or not i have no idea except for the price and that's the hypocrisy and that's that's where i'm saying you know i'm with art teal i'm like hey get rid of everything then fine but this is why this is going to be the controversial portion of the program right here i'm going to state that my opinion, and it's a strongly held opinion, is that there is no integrity at the University of Washington. Mark Emmert, Todd Turner, and Tyrone Willingham are not men of integrity, and I'll tell you why. Mark Emmert came in and, and probably was overquoted, but claiming, you know, I understand about football. It's the front porch of the university. I'm going to do everything I can. And as it turns out, he's a casual fan that really wasn't paying much attention to it. That's not integrity. Okay, Todd Turner is this guy, 30-year insider in college sports. 
I've got a plan. I'm a fundraiser. I'm a, I'm a facilities builder. I'm a winner. Hasn't raised a dime for the stadium. Hasn't built any facilities. Hasn't won any football games. Hasn't made any good hires. Hasn't won much of anything in his 30 years as an insider. He insults his fan base. He calls us names. That's not integrity. Tyrone Willingham claims that he's a man of integrity, and that's why he has such a poor win-loss record. Or his surrogates claim that for him. Or Todd Turner claims that for him. It's the myth. It's the aura of Willingham. Is, man, he's a great guy. Doesn't win much, but you know his great integrity makes up for that. What he does with the players. That's a slap in the face to every coach in America who wins football games. Hugh Mellon said it. He said, look, integrity is a given, okay? <laughs> integrity isn't something you're proud of. Integrity is a given. Winning games is what you're paid for. But these guys would have you believe that their integrity is so great that they don't win football games, that, that you can't have integrity and win at the same time. And yet all of these guys, Tyrone's making $1.5 million a year and putting it on the back of his players. That's not integrity, blaming your players. He's the guy getting paid. Turner's making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. A year. Emmert is wanting to bring in 20 to 30 to $40 million a year, and these guys all act like their poop doesn't stink. Well, they, Hello? They, it's the Europeanization. That's not integrity. Right. That's hypocrisy. Yeah, it's it's the Europeanization of, of Husky football. They're playing the victim card, you know, the martyr football team. That we alone among football programs have integrity, which is a bunch of bullcrap. Like you said, that's a slap in the face to Pete Carroll, to Mac Brown, to um, uh, Tedford. Uh, it's it should be part of the background noise, but it's just like, you know. When you, when you go to, go to buy a car, you know if, if if a car is advertising that it has an AM FM radio or or power steering, you know thirty years after that was you know kind of the norm, then you got to kind of think uh, think that the car's not <laughs> such a good deal. I mean, maybe if you had a CD changer or, or, or an MP3 player or something, but all these things, if they're if they're you know their sales highlights are you know power steering and AM FM radio. Which is basically what Turner is doing with Willingham. Integrity. You know, that's a bunch of crap. That yeah. is, that's an absolute bunch of crap. That means that you cannot defend the guy on the quality of the job that he was hired to do. And that's what's funny about this. Uh, I, I take it one step further with Willingham. What kind of integrity is it to have your job saved by everybody but yourself? You know, well, yeah. if he had well, any about, kind of integrity, he'd go, you know, this is enough. I should be able to do this on my own. I shouldn't have to have to rely on everybody else to come forward for me, the media, uh, Turner, Emirate, in order to not justify, but just tell us that he's coming for a fourth year. Uh, well, no, but nobody ever has justified that fourth year yet. I, I mean, Turner's big line is, you know, if you could see what I see, you know, Sure, the one loss record for those of you who care about that. Okay, yeah. once again, you know, if, if you don't care about the one loss record, why are you trying to make thirty million dollars a year off your football team? Right. Who's? I mean, who's who's lacks the integrity here? Me yeah, they, because they, they I'm not want that money. That anymore? Right. They, they absolutely want that money, and I and that's what I'm I'm really thinking. Uh, I I want to see how this all shakes out. That's the mo that's the only. Lynchpin, I've said it already three times. That's the only thing left for me to see. 
Yeah. That's the thing, yeah. It, because it's, it's a hard out. number. It's a hard number. We know we're, we have a baseline now of 42 now. Are we going to lose another 5% and get below 40,000? Um, that's what I want to know. And if we don't... Will they admit it? Uh, well, I mean, I think it has to be part of the public record. I mean, how, how did Condota, how did Condota get it the first time? I think it, if he got it one time, I'm, I'm certain that he'll be able to get it another time. So, well, you know, they were trying to fudge those numbers originally. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, ahead of projections. Well, here, they'll be yeah. ahead of projections again. What they'll project is that they have lost, that they will lose, you know, 10,000 season tickets this whole this year, but they only will lose 4,000. So they're ahead of projections. I mean, it's just, um, it, you know, and and somewhere, some athlete, you know, on the golf squad is the one that's really going to be affected, I, you know, from a from a purely financial standpoint. I just can't believe that that didn't enter into the picture, other than than maybe some of the regions who are well healed, who could you know have a rounding error and and build Husky Stadium <laughs> on their own from their family wealth. Um, uh, if they just have come forward and say, "Well, we're we're here for the long haul. If any shortfalls that you get, you know, I'll uh, I'll buttress the, the budget," and and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we're not talking. You know, we're not talking. Uh, you know, tens of millions of dollars. We're talking billions in dollars that some of these guys are worth. So, um, yeah. And so it's it would be a situation where they could play loose. That they they don't care about the fans. If we lose more fans, maybe 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 Emirates negotiated uh, financing from some well-heeled uh, alumni. Um, but that's the only way I can think of of how he could so uh, you know ardently reject the ledger before him. I mean. Well, here's the other, here's what they're counting on, and here's my prediction: Oklahoma is a no-brainer. Husky Stadium will be full. Um, Husky fans will be interested. That it's early in the season, and Oklahoma fans will be here. It'll be like Ohio State or Boise State. Okay, that's the sellout. Notre Dame is a guaranteed sellout because Irish fans will make up for anything that Husky fans don't want to buy, and a lot of Husky fans will want to see Notre Dame. A lot of non Neither, neither football, neither Husky or Irish fans will want to see that game. That's a guaranteed sellout. BYU, believe it or not, has a lot of fans around the country, at least around the West. That game is likely to be a sellout. It won't be that exciting to Husky fans, but it'll be exciting to BYU fans. That's, they're counting on those three big games there because they know next year in the conference they've got Oregon State instead of Oregon. Nobody cares about the Beavers. They've got you know, the Apple Cups in Pullman, they've got Stanford instead of Cal, they've got UCLA instead of USC, they've got Arizona State instead of Arizona, which should be an upgrade, but nobody cares about Arizona State for some reason. I've always looked, I used to always look at that as a big game, and it always was a big game, but that's never been a big ticket seller. Okay, so they're going to get hammered in the, on the Pac-10 schedule. Those four games, that's going to be where, that's going to be the test where you're going to see my guess is as low as fifty thousand. If they if they if they have the kind of record I think they're going to have, which is getting killed by Oklahoma, losing to BYU, getting smeared on the road at Oregon, you know, being zero and three, zero and four, one and five, something like that. By the time those lousy conference games comes around, you'd be lucky to see forty five, fifty thousand in there. That would be my prediction right now. But the bottom line probably is okay because they've got three almost guaranteed sellouts. And they've got seven home games. Does that sound like a discussion they might have had? Yeah, yeah, they're going ab- over absolutely. That, that, that's that's not the number 
I'm, I'm, I, yeah, if you could, you could still have a sellout if you have only twenty-eight thousand season ticket holders, because the, exactly. the, the rest, exactly. the rest of them could be casual uh, Husky fans who buy, you know, at the last day, or or we can have uh, fans from other other schools uh, buy up those tickets. So you're right, but I, I still, so, so that's why it's hard for just, you know, just doing the look test at at the stadium, whether whether anything's been done. Uh, the the real uh, number I'm I'm very interested in is the season ticket holders, not just the people who will eventually buy tickets. And there's there's a very there's a very big difference in my mind, because from fifty six thousand to what has a real possibility to have lost twenty thousand season ticket holders by the by the start of next year. And if they haven't, then we are you know uh, the the we were on the wrong side of history. Then we totally miscalculated the the direction and the the uh, i don't know the mentality of the fan um at least the well, people you know I, go ahead i hear what you're saying i hear what you're saying what the difference is but to a bean counter a bottom line like turner if the ticket's sold whether it's a season ticket or what you know if he can get three sellouts with twenty-eight thousand season tickets and the other four games he can pull in fifty thousand. I think a guy like that goes for that, right? You know the way the way he treats the fans. He doesn't strike me as a guy that's looking to, to build the season ticket base. And and my other prediction is that the the tally for the stadium renovation fund at this time next year is still going to be pretty close to zero. And he doesn't seem overly concerned about that. I, I'm interested in that conspiracy theory on tearing down Husky Stadium and building a medical center there. But that's that's a little far out there for a couple of logical half brains like us. But not really. I mean, if you're just trying to get through next season, you know, if you're going to if you're going to Emmer and saying, "Look, we won't take a hit on the minor sports. We, we here's three sellouts and four other games, and here's the here's the dollars that that brings." You know, do those guys care if it's season tickets? And, and real quick before I forget, I just want to tell the people: if you're on the fence, if you're wondering, do I? You know, 1992 Nebraska Husky Stadium night game one of the top attended games in Husky football history. My boss at the time showed up without a ticket, sat at the 40-yard line because he just waited till the kickoff, bought a ticket lower than face value, and enjoyed the game. Now, how much more now can you do that? And that's that was the tipping point for me. That's why I decided not to renew because, you know what, if I, if I felt like going to a game, if I was up here visiting somebody or I wanted to fly up or – you know, I just had to see the Husky Notre Dame game, or you know, whatever. I don't need season tickets. I can get I can get the best seat in the house at lower than face value just by waiting around till the scalpers ready to lose his ass. You <laughs> can do that at the Super Bowl. But My let, boss did it there too. Let's take a look at the accounting one more time, though. I mean, just your rationale of a, a ticket sold is a ticket sold, but that still doesn't account for the tie fees, right? I mean, we're still going to lose that $395 uh, for the purple guys and, and per, less for the, for the, for the lower-tier tie So, um, you know, I don't know. If you go $395 times 20000 you know, what's that? That's $7 million. That's easy for somebody like uh, uh, Gates Sr. To, to come through for. So I... Um, yeah, leeching up the sun. I'm sorry. Right. But... <laughs> But it, um, but it is what it is. So why um, there from 1993, where we thought there was a conspiracy theory, 
And now we're fast forward to 2007 where we know that it was true. So I don't, I don't discount your, your health center or medical center, your whatever they want to build in, 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 in the, in the same area as Husky stadium. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised. They've already floated that balloon with some columnists in the Seattle Times that it d- doesn't just doesn't make sense to play there anymore when we have a great facility downtown. And, and you don't um, need as many ticket holders at Questfield either. Right. So, I you know I, I would it, there's some I the only conspiracy theory I don't want to go f- with, forward with is is the idea that Emmert was forced into this position. Maybe even if it's true, I don't want to believe it because then then that would almost tug at me to believe that something would be different, that maybe he'd do a back, uh, uh, you know, a, a back uh, room maneuver uh, and, and outflank, you know, uh, Willingham and, and Turner. But, uh, boy, there, were, there was some conviction in his voice uh, on this interview. I, I don't think it left, it left much doubt in anybody's mind that him and Todd are clearly on the same page. And I'd, I'd love for our listeners to tell me I'm wrong. Give me inside tips, uh, Husky Half Brains at Comcast dot net. Um, but um, um, uh, truth, uh, truth, it is what it is. True, because I agree with you. That's that's exactly what I heard today. It was it was disheartening to say the least. Um, and and the, the the person that is telling me different listens to these podcasts. You know who you are. Um, you got to find out a way. There's nothing to hold back anymore. If you've got something on this, you've got to let us know. Because otherwise, the, the preponderance of evidence, the logic, the facts that we always rely on, say that Emmert bought what Turner was selling, buys it 100%. Because remember, <laughs> most people, even people that didn't want Ty fired, thought not only thought Turner was going to get fired, but wanted him fired. And here's Emmert saying that, oh, people were just exaggerating, taking out of context. No, they weren't. Turner has said what he has said. He's done what he has done. Emmert's defending him by once again, and here I go again, I think you're lying, President Emmert. I don't think those statements were taken out of context, which is the weakest excuse in the history of mankind, and I don't think people were fibbing to you about what he was saying. There was an almost unanimous consensus that nobody could keep Todd Turner. This guy's failed so miserably. No fundraising, no stadium, alienating the fans, all the stupid remarks he made. And here's Emmert, 100%. He has Todd make the announcement yesterday at that press conference. That hurt me more than anything. Yeah. i I, got to be honest with you. Out of all of this, the thing that hurt me the most was when Todd Turner came to the podium and, and hide your kids again, cover their ears. To me, that was the ultimate fuck you from Emmert and the University of Washington. To have them there, I mean, it, it was uh, the victors. They, you know, you know, now you know what it was like to be in Tiananmen Square, you know. Sometimes, you know, as that great bumper sticker from 10 years ago says, Sometimes the dragon wins, and we all thought he was a wussy, but the dragon won, and he was sitting there. He's a bureaucrat. <laughs> right, and he, he was sitting there uh, spoon-feeding us what we needed to hear. And, uh, you know, there, are, there will be fans who put their tails between their legs and say, thank you, sir, may I have another? 
but um, not us. Well, and, and that's the point of, you know, we've talked about demographics before, I think, on one of these podcasts, or at least one of my, my pet theories of life, being a baby boomer, as you are too, is that, um, you know, corporate America figured out baby boomers 40 years ago and, and realized that the demographics are how much we think alike, act alike, like the same music, the same movies, the same television shows. They they tap into that. And they know if they hit the boomer, they've got an automatic bestseller because there's so many of us. And and I think if I finally came to the realization, and I don't want to emphasize to anybody listening from the University of Washington, this isn't an idle threat. It's been an idle threat for 15 years. No, this is an action, and you'll you'll find out when you send me the 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 renewal form and you get it back in pieces. You know, if I'm finally ready to act, if I finally had enough, I know I'm not alone. Demographics say that. True. And there was real anger out there. There was there was real unscientific opinion polling, both on pay sites and in newspapers. It showed a real groundswell of of non-support for Willingham, and, and the lack of support for Turner was even more than that. But the only way it's going to work is if people do follow through. And I want to reiterate: I'm not telling anyone to do it because I understand if you know. I understand if you want to write the check, write the check. Go to the games. You know, do it. That's you. You got to be true to yourself. But if you don't, you, that's that's the only thing you can do. Money's the only thing. You know, guys not going to get fired. Opinions, petitions, message board postings. You know, that that's over. It's gone. It's done. We got hammered. We're laying here bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 Todd is is dancing on our on our grave. And, uh, exactly. and our and our our listeners uh, will be sending in their renewal forms for a year, you know, maybe a twenty years more of tie. And again, uh, there was not there wasn't even the, there's not even the slightest victory here because uh, his defensive coordinator seems to have say uh, been saved. So I mean, I you know, I'd have to I'd venture to say that never in the history of any kind of political movement have we seen a movement that has failed so miserably than the half brain movement. We, <laughs> if we can't even get bare in the discussion, if they couldn't even get a negotiating point that say yes. He's gone, like you saw in Lincoln, like you saw in UCLA, another politically correct, you know, two or three years ago, where you know he had to he had to do have to have a sacrificial lamb. They didn't even need to do that. I mean, this was a total and complete victory by the other side. As we Instead head up, calling ourselves the Hafrins, we should call ourselves the Willinghams. <laughs> We're just about as effective. And and when the fourth quarter came around, we got blown out. Yeah, and, no, and the thing, the thing about Bear is that uh, number one, Tyrone Willingham at this point basically can't fire Kent Bear because his phony veneer of integrity has taken a big enough shot as it is, and for him to fire Kent Bear to keep his job, what does he have left? He can't coach, he can't win, and then all of a sudden he doesn't have any integrity either. And, and I'm pretty sure that that Tyrone Willingham. As he, if he even ever really did have to talk to Emmert about what he was going to change, was probably sitting there realizing that he had all the cards and he didn't have to give anything because nobody had the will to fire him. Not only didn't have the will, they probably didn't even want to. We know Turner didn't want to. There's maybe some small question whether Emmert wanted to or not. And like I say, those of you out there who claim 
that Emmerich had already fired him and hired Mora. You're going to have to prove that. And, and I think you owe it to everyone to be public about it. I, you know, if you, I'm not going to go public if you tell me personally and don't want us to go public. I'd still like to know. But I think everybody needs to know if that's the case. If it's not the case, we have to go along, like you say, with, with what seems most obvious is that uh, Turner convinced Emmerich probably quite easily. Right. Uh, and, he, and you know, even, there really was yeah, a big deal about it. It, it, it wasn't, and, that, and, and, and the firing of Bear, uh, Bear or the lack of, really uh, illustrates that point. Because yeah. even the most ardent of Thai supporters, even Jerry, is it Brewer? Uh, Brewster or Brewer or Bruiser or I don't know from the Seattle Times, even he said that staff changes need to be made. Uh, so all of the all of the big time uh, you know positive dogs out there said um, Bear had to go. They've got they got played as much as we got played. Yeah. You know, it's all we're going to do. You know, here's the deal. Um, Tyrone Willingham it, doesn't believe he's a bad football coach. Now, you touched on this from the very, very first podcast. I couldn't believe it because I think anybody wants to improve in their job. But in his mind, he's a great football coach, and nobody's going to tell Tyrone Willingham what to do. Nobody I'd is. Like, just stick with him. Just stick with him, okay? It's just around the corner. They've gone through some turbulent times. They've had some rough waters. But, hey, hopefully they're through that now. Oh, that's what he's saying outwardly. Stick with us, you know. That's fine. But behind the scenes, he's he's steely eyed, telling Todd Turner, "Shut the fuck." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, you don't know a tackle from a guard. I'm sorry. I'm, I don't want to even. I, I said, "Shut the fuck up." <laughs> that's he's what, sitting there going, "If you think I'm going to change, motherfucker, you got another thing coming." <laughs> that's what he's saying. That's ex- I ain't changing nothing. Exactly. Uh, because he's Michael Corleone again, he's like, I give you my answer right now, Mister Turner. I've been anointed. Nothing. I've been anointed. I'll change nothing. In, in Palo Alto, I was anointed king. In 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 Notre Dame, uh, I was unfairly fired. Uh, here, I'm building a program that was awful, one in ten for thirty straight years. You know, didn't was out of bowl contention after uh, before the regular season even started. Had, and he's building it the right way, don't you? Exactly. We, we had a 5% graduation rate. Uh, half the team was in jail at one time or another because of off-the-field problems. I am Ty Willingham. Hear me roar. <laughs> yeah, and if fans expect a warmer, fuzzier, kinder, gentler Tyrone Willingham next season, forget it. And here's, here's the clincher, okay? The only reason people are still writing the checks and going to the games, well, there's two. One is Jake, which they're shamelessly using, the administration is shamelessly using. The other is this idea that, okay, this is really it. This is the, He has to win or he's gone, and we don't think he can win. We can put up with one more year of Tyrone because he's going to blow it just like he blew it this year, and he's out of here. I've got news for those people. This time next year, you're going to feel like I do today. Because Tyrone Willingham's going to get his fifth year, no matter what. Those people were right all along. No matter what, Ty's getting his five years. That was a decision that was made. Yeah, there was this great I laughed at that. I railed against that. I hated that. I thought there's no way that's true. I'm now a believer. I'm going to be the guy that says Tyrone Willingham is going to get his five years here, no matter what, and he might even get more. Oh, absolutely. And there, there was this, there was this big post. Are you there? Still there? There's this there's yeah. this post on on Dogtails that said you know the three things Ty must do to to 
to save his job. And I replied, show up, uh, breathe, and have a pulse. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the reality, dis- yeah, the reality s- distortion field around the guy is uh, amazing. I mean, for whatever reason, the guy who was told just about every, uh, you know, reporter basically to go, you know, pound sand, they stood up there and applauded him. You know, know. gave him a standing, I mean, never have so many uh, been slighted (laughs) and, and, and at the same time given so much toward a guy. And, uh, and yet these same people talked about how gruff Gilby was. Now Gilby didn't have time. I mean, Gilby was the kind of guy that would actually, even like all reporters, be like some. Now this is, and it's not even an area where it's just, that's just pretty much a bizarre thing. We'll leave it at that. It's one of those unexplainable things, I guess. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else could you say? Well, I mean, you know, they, uh, you know, it, no matter where you go, uh, even if it's just purely political, uh, you know, the, the way they, they shabbily treated Gilby, who was a better coach, I mean, at least had a better winning percentage, is it, am I not right? Um, yes. Then, he had then, a 6-6 six and six record. Ty still hasn't done that. Right. Um, uh, under the bus. See, bus, insert, coach, you know? And for a guy who gets all has built up a huge amount of loyalty within the faculty, within the athletic department, uh, while at the same time throwing his his own players under the bus, uh, you know, I hey, reality distortion. Um, it is. is he's a man of integrity. He he's the players love him. He he's a, he's just a great guy. He's really a great man. And you know, you need to look beyond the wins and losses, I dog, really, because because Ty's just a great guy. You know, yes. it's a cult. Okay, let's call it what it is. It's a cult. <laughs> And I've always said that the great football, I mean, if you don't think Bear Bryant was a cult, then you're kidding yourself, okay? Don James had a cult-like following. It's a cult of personality. That's a big part of being a big-time college football coach. But the difference is, you know, Bear Bryant won a lot of national championships down there now, man. You understand what I'm saying? You know, I mean, those guys earned cult status. Ty has had cult status from the day he showed up here after getting fired from his last job with a 500 record. Overall, and they're built. They're putting a statue of him next to Jim Owens out there. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever come in contact with this closely in college football. I don't understand it. I right. really don't. And the, and Maybe the, it's me. Yeah. Well, no, it's not you. And the disconnect is complete because uh, those those fans in any other top twenty program uh, had a say. They had a say in Bill Callahan. They had a say in Makovic. Uh, they had a say with Carl Durrell. Uh, they had a say with Paul Hackett. Uh, they had a say with Homo. Uh, they had a, they had a say with a whole litany of coaches. Only at UW, where I think the outrage was uh, even more so than those programs, did we get the fully extended finger. And um, and and so to 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 re up in that environment for me, not anybody else. Like I said, we we. We are not going to tell you how to spend your money, uh, but it is a little heartening to see that the the outrage hasn't died down on the message boards. It's in full nuclear meltdown. But they've got a lot of time, uh, right? They've got a lot of time, and, and it, you know, if we did advocate that people not re-sign for their season tickets, the Huskers would probably have fifty-two thousand next year with 
our success rate, right. our track record at leading revolutions. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on, let's not be bad. I mean, we were right about uh, we were right about New Heisel, and we were right we were right that Gilby was a bad hire, and we were you know there's some things that we were that we've been right about. I mean, well, I mean, the, Tyrone Willingham is the worst. I did, does have is the only coach in the history of the school. Real Rhino gets mad if you call him the worst coach in the history of the school. So I'll just say he's the first coach in the history of the school to have three straight losing seasons. And I haven't done the research because facts are no longer warranted or needed. But that eleven twenty five record over three years, probably maybe Jim Owens in the late sixties with the unrest. Um, I, I'd be my guess would be. Could be the worst three years in history, probably no worse than the second worst three-year stretch in the 118 years of Husky football. Um, but who cares? He's a great guy. You know what? Well, that, 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 that's, that's the deal. Um, wins and losses um, mean nothing. I mean, they uh, at least in the rationale of these guys. And we'll always hold at least a little bit of solace in the fact that the Millen numbers validated our opinion, um, and and the three percent chance of success isn't an opinion. That's what's you know that's what happens oh. with with Turner and and Emmert. Uh, they believe that three percent chance is an opinion, but the numbers don't have an opinion. It's like saying gravity has an opinion. If I if I drop this pencil on the floor, you know it might not fall. I mean that's exactly the, where we are at. So. You know, disassociate um, your your dislike for us uh, as half brains. You go ahead and do that. Uh, but yeah, I fully believe it was never about us. It was just about what the facts stated, and and for them to reject that indicates that they would rather you know support a losing coach than. Then deal with reality, and uh, again, yeah. we just can't live in that type of environment because we're we're rational people. Well, we thought at the time that the three percent fact was the final nail in the coffin, and I I assume that Millen didn't ask Emmert about that today. I didn't hear the old interview, but I mean, that was such a damning number. I remember the day that got posted, or you know, he said it on the radio, and then it, that it got posted. It was like, well, I mean. How can anybody look at that and say, okay, well, but Ty's the guy that's going to be 3% because he has 10 years before her. I mean, yeah, if you're not going to listen to that or the record or his before he got here or anything, you're not going to listen. And that's why I would warn people as we were heading out the door, don't be so sure that Ty's gone after next year no matter what happens. I would say if I had to put money in Vegas right now, I'd bet on him not getting fired after next year, even if they go and four who, nine again. And who the hell would, I mean, it's so caustic anyway. I mean, for me, more than anything, that's why I'm out. Who the hell would want to live yeah. through that again? To want yeah. them to score a touchdown, but then, no, you know, if he does too well, then he's on, he, he gets hired again, you know. That's just no way to watch a football game. I, I was absolutely convinced and still am that firing him was the only course of action, but I'm not going to go through that uh, kind of emotional to just so he can go five and f- five and and seven and and get uh, a contract extension. It's just not going to happen. If you 
no season going forward will give you more evidence than his third season here at Washington. That, that was the absolute laboratory that everyone had to pay attention to. And for you to get on your knees and pray that somehow he's going to change when he's not a Bellotti or a Tedford, he's not an innovator, he's not a type of guy to, to, to uh, turn, overturn any stone, uh, you know, there's, there's nothing he won't do to succeed. Uh, he's not that guy. He is, he is not going to do that because he's never done that. So it's, it's business as usual. And 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 he may just pray that maybe the ba- the ball won't be kicked in the air this time, and and it won't be uh, intercepted. I mean, that's I think that's going to be the strategy moving forward with with Willingham is to is that he just hopes that he catches some more breaks, and that he doesn't well, have to decide when to go for two or when to uh, call a timeout or or when to call a, a blitz versus a cover two coverage. Um, you know. Uh, that's that's the hope moving forward. Well, he's been five plays away his entire career, so he's been close. And, and here's Emmert quoting the "Yeah, we 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 were ahead at halftime a lot" statistic. Basically, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, at that point, why would I spend another year on the message boards arguing with brain dead people? You know, hoping and wishing and praying that maybe Kyle get it right this time. And, and we're and I'm going to tell him no, he won't. You know. For another nine months until we see it unfold again before our eyes. I mean, you know, no thanks, no thanks, no thanks. Not interested in Dogman. Not interested in the program. Not interested in hearing this spring about how good the, the team looks and how hard everybody hit the weights. Not interested. Not interested. Not interested. Not in the least. Not interested. Tyrone Willingham has succeeded in sucking the life out of this program. Todd Turner's a zombie to begin with. He's right there with them. It's the night of the living dead at Montlake. <laughs> hey, you know, that's it. You, I, know, you, you, know when, you, you know when you've been beat. I doorbelled for uh, McGovern in 1972, okay? I've been hammered before. I've lost 49 states. <laughs> I know when I'm beaten, and you know what? I just walked away and said, that's the way it is. And that's the way it is here. That's that's what the the school wants. Um, probably probably enough ticket holders to keep it going. Probably enough people on Dogman to to post whatever they want to post about when when people like you and I aren't there bringing up inconvenient facts. Hey, you know whatever. Life's too short. Yeah, um, when we have the fans that want to, the, the I want to be seen fans as opposed to the diehard fans. Uh, um, that's that's what we have to look forward to is that um, that really it's it's a it's a social event it's not a football game anymore and uh, you've you, you've already seen that I mean I, I like I was telling you before I'm not so sad because you know a lot of people say the death of football was you know uh, December fifth uh, two thousand seven for Husky football but that, that's not how I see it I, th- I think I think Husky football went missing fifteen years ago and its dead corpse was only found on December fifth. Uh, I will always remember that August day with Babs. I, I can see it right now in my mind. <laughs> What's funny was back there, I quit smoking um, that summer, and, and as I sat down and watched that uh, um, that press conference, I remember this so vividly. I uh, I called my wife who was out. I said, "Pick up a pack of cigarettes on the way home." <laughs> I started smoking again, didn't quit till about three years ago. <laughs> I mean, 
That is the day that Husky football died. I knew it then. I knew it that day. I, I told her that. We went to that last Rose Bowl, James' third Rose Bowl, the, the thrilling loss to Michigan. And I said, you know, I know we've just been to, the, you know, to two Rose Bowls. I know it seems like a lot. We, we need to go because it's going to be a long time before we ever get there again. 2000 was a bonus. came out of nowhere. And I went to that one, too, because I felt the same way. I said, you know what? I better get to this one. And I feel sorry for some of the youngsters that, you know, didn't hit the 2000 season. Because um, it's, it, you know, that's one Rose Bowl in 15 years, and, and it's going to be a long time before there's another one. Okay. Nobody's even really seriously advocating that Willingham's ever going to get this team to a Rose Bowl. Pretty much now, they're hoping that someday he can get to 8-4. and four. And, you know... What, what more do you need to say? Champion, we're champions of mediocrity. That's all we are. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and you, my daddy, my my, my daddy it, taught it, me it differently died. than that. Pardon? One more time. You hit the nail on the head. It, it, it didn't die this year. It just the rotting corpse. It, somebody knows the smell. Well, you see, I, I've told you, I've already gone through this um, a little bit. Back when I felt that that dog man was being unfair. Uh, during uh, the New Heisel era, I, I, I canceled my um, subscription and I, I stopped um, participating for a full year. Uh, but but I, at that point, I always knew I'd probably come back. And I, I didn't write the, these kind of, you know, uh, hostage notes that, that Fleener writes. Um, you know, I just quietly went away. And that's what, um, that's what I'm, I'm going to do as well. And in fact, I, I'm glad it's, if somebody wants to buy my, because uh, they don't, retroactively credit you once you once you cancel your, your subscription. Somebody wants to buy it for 20 bucks or 40 bucks and use my, the famous iDog name. <laughs> yeah, you know, just just put a couple 20s in a in a in an envelope and uh, it's yours. Uh, it, it doesn't uh, renew it renews in October so you almost have a full year. Um, so it, I am um, I'm never going to I'm not going to be on the boards anymore. Uh, you can only uh, get a hold of me through, well, my gridironstats.com site. I'll probably continue doing that, um, but uh, I'll keep the uh, Husky Half Brains um, at Comcast.net email open for another year. Any kind of information you want to give me, uh, boy, I'd love to hear from you. Um, but uh, I would love to auction off my name. That would that would be the the. The last straw. I, I thought about maybe doing it for 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 the Georgia fans because uh, I'm sure there's a ton of people that want iDog there. But um, sadly, you can't transfer um, Dogtail subscriptions to uh, to a, a rival board. So it's, uh, well, we're stuck I've with Husky fans. Comp. I've always had a comp Dogtails for doing uh, Duckfighter Illustrated. I should probably sell Duckfighter Illustrated. The race band and name and the comp subscription, but I, I might even be able to get twenty five bucks for something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I I did promise our our stranded gorillas in the mountains that uh, I would write a uh, definitive rap on Husky Half Brains, um, which is going to sound a lot like this podcast did, only worse. But a- after that, my energies are are focused on. Uh, on my life begins at fifty campaign, um, a, a major move out of the state. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to start living again. Uh, I'm not going to miss those boards. Well, I am, but I'm I'm deleting the the cookies. I'm taking it off my favorites. I, I'm I'm just I'm not even going to go anymore because I know I could get sucked back in 
Um, but I've, I've been reading these last couple of days. I, I've wanted to see the reaction, and I've surprised myself that it, I, I'm just not interested in the argument anymore. It's there is no argument. <laughs> you know? When those guys, uh, you know, and, and and that's something you learn a lesson in life. Um, I learned it pretty early on. Is uh, you know, it's it's very tough to to lose to to some of these idiot posters that they were right all along. Um, you know, I don't know if it's that I'm just more aligned philosophically with the negadogs, um, but I just, from my perspective, they always seemed more rational and nicer. Um, why funnier. do I want? Why do I? Yeah, funnier. I uh, took themselves seriously. I uh, not didn't take themselves seriously. Well, you know, uh, boy, to, to 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 live in that environment where um, where the the pro Tyrone guys uh, run. Uh, rampant, um, boy, I, that, that's like the last thing I want to do. And they've earned yeah. their right. They, they, they now. It's a new era there. They've won. It's their board. I, you know, not it's their board beforehand. And I'm, and I meant it when I said it. You know, I'm not going to bother him anymore. I'm not going to be negative. Let him be positive. And, and, and I think Dogman's going to find out that right in the middle, right in the fence, is just going to get him a sore groin and a kick in the balls because it, it has nothing to do with me. Um, but I do know that if a lot of the the mega dogs, our comrades in arms, fade away, and it is just left to the posse dogs, it's going to be like boards, like that all over the scout network, where you know, after recruiting, they're dead. Um, even during the season, it's just, you know, but hey, whatever. Nobody asked my opinion on that, so. Yeah, well, our, sure our, our shout out, our only point. shout out would be to Kim Grenolds and and Scott Eklund. If you're tired of hanging with some wussies. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll work with you guys. We'll work with you guys. If you guys ever get tired of of and get kicked in the rear uh, in the balls by the AD, and then and and then having um, a direction of the of of the site being dictated by um, what I think is is guys who are afraid to make big decisions, boy, it'd be fun to work with you guys because Kim and Scott, we love you. Uh, we know I what like you guys Eklund's think. Answer. Uh, somebody posted, you know, how many wins does Ty need to save his job next year? And Eklund posted three. <laughs> that was just that was classic. <laughs> Why are we even having this discussion anymore? I mean, this I was know, even he... this was more epic failure. We, my own, my whole hope was that it would be cut off after three years. But even I didn't think that he would fail to such a degree. I thought no. maybe he'd go to seven and five, and maybe his last year he wouldn't make a bowl, but he'd be six and six or and. He, I, what's more flabbergasting to me is the level of of failure, and and he still gets that fourth year. And mind you, this is not an opinion. This is a fact. No other program within uh, the Pac-10 has ever allowed a guy that fourth year losing at Willingham's clip, except for Oregon State. So, boy. If you think that that's Husky football, and you claim that we're taking our ball and running home, I don't, I, that, if, if that's the impression you got, that's not what we want to uh, well, yeah, impress I, upon I, you. I got news for folks. Oregon State did not have a large donor and season ticket base when they were doing that. Right. They had just, very just little to lose. throwing that out there for the discussion. Uh, I remember in 1991, uh, I bought... I, I, uh, Are we bonus-braining? All right. <laughs> We're way over. I uh, I got Oregon State tickets um, for the Husky game, 
and I'm sitting in the Oregon State section in, in the lap of luxury at old uh, Parker Stadium with nobody around me, and I'm looking at the end zone, which is like filled to the gills with purple packed, you know, like tunas and like sardines in a can, and I'm over here with my beaver homies, you know, <laughs> my purple. And I'm like, this is the way to go, man. You know, thanks for selling these tickets to me. You know? I mean, that was Oregon State football, and that's becoming Washington football where the opponent sells the ticket, and if you got a bad opponent, you're going to have a bad crowd. And, and now they, and now they, now they. I, I wonder, in Don James' era, have we ever been uh, the the homecoming game? <laughs> <laughs> but I think we now are. I, I, Oregon State Beavers, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we got the homecoming. We're the homecoming game for Oregon. So you know, I've come up with this genius um, saying. Uh, I'm going to take entire credit for. Old half brains, they don't die; they just fade away. <laughs> yes, sir. And it's time for this old soldier to fade away. And That's I. A little- Roger Dalter there, that's not a slam on people's speech impediment. You know, in this correct, correct world that we live in, you know, I hope, well, I don't want to say I hope I die before the Huskies get crummy because lightning may come through the roof. Yeah, <laughs> but what, you know, what, what, what real hope is there? You know, even, even if we, even if we get rid of Tyrone, which I, there's no question he'll eventually get fired and people will look back at the seven years that he was here and just say, what a waste. But, what hope was there? Right. What we are at exactly where Cal is at, and the only reason why Cal is a good program now is if frickin' won the lottery on a coach. But he's going to be gone. So they're not doing anything to keep him. That's sure. for sure. Yeah. When we were right when Todd Turner was hired. Okay. We were right. That was the signal. There was nothing to expand. And when he hired. William, we were right then. We were right with that man. Okay. They were telling us to fuck off all along. We didn't want to believe it. Okay. And so then they said, okay, look, here's what we're trying to tell you guys. All right. Fuck you. That's what we're trying to tell you. So, will you get the message? Okay. I got the message. You know, when Todd Turner took the podium, I got it. Thanks. Finally, we got it. Good night. Finally, we got it. In 93, we should have got it. But we were saying, what does that really mean? He must be European because that that extended middle finger means something in Argentina (laughs) than it does here. Because surely he's not telling us to fuck off. So when we go and ask him, are you telling us to fuck off? And they're going, we're telling you to fuck off. (laughs) Absolutely, we're telling you. (laughs) We are into the the student-athlete experience here now. And and to have them actually experience a Rose Bowl, we wouldn't want that. That that's no way to live life. Having to to live in the past, it's a it's a curse to have hit that last second shot. You know, you don't want to have those memories because it's not realistic. We want good citizens moving forward that deal in a realistic world. That that uh, that winning sometimes happens, and sometimes, most of the time, doesn't. Because we care about the athlete. And now well, get out there and support Jake. Come on. I, I, absolutely, and 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 the future Jakes that that come on board, um, you know, some badass guy from, you know, let's do a shout out for um, where's Emmert's hometown, Fife. Compton? Who's, no, Fife. Yeah, he's. We're gonna have a guy. He's straight out of Compton, isn't he? <laughs> we're gonna have a guy who's six four, runs a four three forty. Uh, is uh, is a kind of a three and done kind of player. Uh, sometime coming out of Fife, and uh, he, it's all he's going to want to know is um, 
how do I get to the league? <laughs> and for three years, as he plays for USC or Oregon, he's going to raise havoc on our quarterback because uh, that kind of guy wasn't the type of player that we that we want. Um, you know, uh, that was not the vision that we have for Husky football. We don't want the absolute best players who want to go to the league. We want nice people. Nothing wrong and with yet, that. And yet, Tyrone is a great recruiter, and he's putting together a monster recruiting class. Don't forget. Oh, yeah. Boy, did I miss my talking point? <laughs> you know, does, does, Greg Lewis, does Greg Lewis have his, his, his hand up my, well, not that, but uh, and my lips are moving and his are just kind of mumbling as, as he becomes the great ventriloquist. Yeah, <laughs> you know. You know, but the, there may be some hope for us. We may have a job because uh, th- apparently that Jim Moore to UCLA is a, is it's not a done deal, but he's a, they are considering him, and who knows? They might be smarter than us. Right. If I was Jim Moore, what are you going to say? Come on, I I would take that job in a heartbeat if I if he doesn't think he's going to get the the uh, the hawk job because yeah, I'm not going to wait around for these bozos. And even if I no, do, he, even if I did wait around. <laughs> Even if I did wait around, they're, they're not going to, you know, the, the minute that I've raised $500 million for a new stadium, that Regents is going to descend upon it and say, ah, we can't put that toward football. That's real exactly. money. We've well, got to. When the Rose Bowl, they're going to they're run them out of town like they did everyone. The only coaches that won Rose Bowls. True enough. No, he, I mean, that. Yeah. The, 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 try, Some it, idiot actually wrote today. Did I read that in the newspaper? Or did I read it on the boards that, you know, well, let, go ahead and let Moore take the UCLA job. And he can train down there and then come up here and coach for us. It's like, <laughs> this is the fantasy land that your typical Tyrone supporter lives in. But you know what? Fantasy won, facts lost. Let's not be bitter, Eric. Oops, I gave my real hey, name. But you know what? <laughs> you know, that went out. <laughs> in, 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 the, in the real world, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we've we've become more of a European society anyway, victims as opposed to results. I mean, it's it's uh, we're seeing it in our everyday life. So, um, yeah. where where you know, you know, my repressed Protestant roots who like math and and like things if thens and and black and white uh, is is has totally been transformed and replaced by the Oprahization where there's no winners, there's no losers. It's all after the game. Uh, we'll go at the the logo in the in the middle of the field, and, and we'll sing "Kumbaya." Uh, the opposing teams will will do that as well while they snicker. <laughs> well, and the scoreboard is forty two fourteen. Yeah, I read I read a book once on the race to the South Pole. The the, Euro, the English team against the Norwegian team, and the English team, which I think all ended up dead and never got there, were far more celebrated in England than the Norwegian team that got there was in Norway. And, and they that was considered a tipping point in, in the the end of the British Empire where they went from celebrating victory to celebrating failure, and they've been celebrating failure ever since. And, and that's kind of where I see our society going. We're really getting deep here, by the way, listeners, if there's any still left out there. But that's when you stop celebrating when victory becomes something that's wrong and you start celebrating failure as a society you're in trouble and and i've got news for everybody there's no united states out there to save us like we saved england so take that for what it's worth <laughs> well it's not even just the victimhood. i mean it's not it's not only this the, the, the lack of success it, it's the victimhood uh or the victim 
victimization. Is that a word? Um, yes. Uh, is is not only that we don't succeed. It's the the poor old us. Why do we have to participate in in this mire and muck? We we shouldn't have to do that. It's it's really beneath us. Um, Can't we just raise thirty million dollars a year and and be and put this losing team out there and have everybody be happy about it? For goodness sake, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> Man, that was some real. That was some real bonus braining. Uh, yeah, so, I think we beat this old dead dog into the ground. But actually, it's been real it's been fun. Yeah, it, exactly. It's been, it's a minute twenty three. It's a it's an absolute freaking record. And uh, people, thanks for listening, Jeepers. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely. Yeah. I, I um I can't believe it. Um, are we going to leave that uh, the the opportunity to do another podcast in the future? Nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> that. more to say. You know, exactly. Maybe in five years I'll track you down if if uh, if more comes on board and we're making a run at the Rose Bowl. But um, uh, other than that, um, we are the. I, I can hear the artillery outside the gates. Um, they're about ready to storm our bunker. Uh, we'll no no uh, surrender, no white flag here. <laughs> we uh, we we've been defeated. Uh, but it was a lot of fun uh, while we fu- while we fought. So, all, the, all be good. Everybody. You have anything else to say other than bye? Um, nothing's going to change when they fire the AD and bring in a football AD. You know, you can get your hopes up again. Until then, it's not the coach; it's the administration, like we said all along. Okay, good and that's people. that. That's that. <laughs>